Welcome to the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast, where I share stories of the babies I've treated, tips for professionals and parents, and demystify this amazing healing modality. I'm Megan Beams, your baby bodywork mentor. I'm obsessed with all things birth, babies, healing, and plain old being a human. Join me while I sink deep into craniosacral therapy. Also, hit subscribe so you never miss a thing. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast. I am your host, Megan Beams, and today we are talking about how much do parents really want to know? When we are working with their babies, we will be seeing them in a different way. We don't see them the way they see them because of our trained eye as a craniosacral therapist. And so as a craniosacral therapist who sees things that, you know, the average everyday parent might not see, we have to be very careful with how much we share. After trying this out over the past few years and with more than 500 families under my belt, I've gotten a little bit better at knowing how much information I should be giving to parents. And what I've learned is that there are generally three types of parents. One, the parent that wants to know everything, and they're super stoked when I explain everything, right? Even the not so nice things. They want to know every detail as much as possible. Two, the parents that don't need to know what's happening. They just want their baby to be better. And three, the ones that really just shouldn't have that much information because they're already overwhelmed with having a baby that's struggling. And now if they know too much, they're going to go home and they're going to worry more about their baby. Even though what's going on is, you know, pretty common or something that I see in my office all the time, they have never seen it or they've never heard of it and it makes them worried. And I don't want to be the reason why parents go home and they go into a Google rabbit hole. I don't want to be that reason. I know that my words have meaning and my words have an impact not only on this baby, but on the feelings and the outcome and the emotional response for these parents. So let's get into these certain types of parents, right? Because it's really important that when you're in a session and when I'm in a session, when I'm working, as soon as I look at a baby, I'm assessing them, right? Do they have a side preference? Does their head tilt to one side? Do they lean to one side? Are they grunting? What expression do they have on their face? I'm trying to get a sense of what's going on for this baby visually. And what I see with a trained eye is absolutely not going to be what that parent sees. Even if a parent has a trained eye, right? Maybe they are either a craniopsychotherapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath. They are too close, if you know what I mean. They're too close to their baby. They can't see what's going on with their own baby. So as I'm assessing their baby, I'm also getting a sense for what this parent is like, right? As I said, some parents want to know everything about what I'm noticing in their child, and some don't. And it's up to me to get a sense of what type of parent they are. Because heaven forbid I give that parent, you know, that's nervous, if I give them too much information, like I said, they're going to go into a Google rabbit hole when they go home. And I just don't want to be the cause for that. I want them to leave feeling relieved. I want them to feel like they've got answers, not that they need to go seeking more answers. And this is an important aspect of the job. 
This is what we call the therapeutic relationship, or as Carol Gray calls it, the therapeutic envelope, right? After all, this is craniosacral therapy, (laughs) and you have no idea which part of this session is going to be the most therapeutic for that family. Sometimes it's the conversation that's had between you and the parent. Sometimes it's the actual techniques you use on the baby. And sometimes it's the fact that that parent gets a whole hour of someone else holding their baby while they scroll through their phone. And I'm here for it. You know, I have no judgment. You do you, boo. (laughs) I am purely a servant. And I, I mean that in the best possible way. I am here to serve my community. I'm here to help. At the beginning of my career, it felt really lonely as an infant craniosacral therapist. I didn't know if I was doing it right or how I could improve. And you're probably worried that it might happen to you too. And it's holding you back from chasing your dreams. Well, here at Beam CST Training Center, with our programs, we have an online platform where you've got direct access to graduates at all levels. We don't just teach you the materials and send you on your way. No, we want you to succeed in your career and feel confident in your skill. We are here to support you and be your virtual community of infant craniosacral therapists. CST Foundations, our stepping stone course that leads you to infant craniosacral therapy, starts in January. So go to beamcst.com, that's B-E-A-M-E-S-C-S-T.com to enroll today. We limit students to 20 per class to keep your learning journey intimate. So let's get into these different types of parents. Parent number one, this is the one who wants to know a lot. Parents that want to know everything might have an anatomy background, and they're so into hearing me, you know, nerd out over the stuff that I'm working on. (laughs) They'll ask a lot of questions, and then when I give them answers like, you know, this could be nerve dysfunction, I can see the gears working, right? I can see their fascination with this new information. These folks, a lot of the times, are healthcare workers, and generally, they apply their previous knowledge or their, you know, their knowledge that they already have to help them to understand what's going on with their baby. And I just love letting my anatomy nerd fly during these appointments. And I really just, I, I do ask them though. I do ask like, how much information do you want to know? Right. I don't, I don't just blurt it all out. I do get a sense of how much information they feel comfortable with. If I get the sense that they do want lots of information, I will ask things like, are you okay if I share something that might upset you? And if they say yes, then I'm going to share it. If they have a look on their face that they're like, "Eh, I don't know, then I'll probably water down my answer, just diluting it to take the edge off (laughs) and maybe omitting some of the things that might sound a little bit scary, like nerve dysfunction. But the parents who are really there for it, I do my best to describe what it is I'm doing in lay terms if they don't have anatomy knowledge or in anatomical terms if they do have an anatomy background. The next parents are the parents who are indifferent. So sometimes parents will come into the office and they are indifferent about what it is that I'm doing. They just want whatever service it is that I'm providing to work. And they want their baby to be the perfect feeders going forward. They don't care how it happens. They just want that result. And I can remember times where I have tried to describe what it is that I'm doing. And then they look at me like I've got an eyeball in the middle of my forehead, right? It just does not compute. So I either stop telling them 
or I put it into terms that are even more lay terms. And that's also something I like to do is, is describe things in the most basic way. Not because I think these people aren't smart. That's not a, it at all. It's just that I know they're sleep deprived. <laughs> they have a billion things going on through their head already. And so something being explained at a grade four level is much easier to process than something that is complex, right? Less is more in this case. Someone who is come in and they're sleep deprived and they're already confused about what it is that I do. They don't want me to hearing things like, oh, I can feel that the craniosacral rhythm has a slow rhythm, a weak amplitude, and you know, it's, it's got some drag in the dural tube. I, they don't want me to say those things. <laughs> they don't want me to say that I can see that the sphenoid is side bend to the left or a right torsion. They don't care about those things. They want to know, is my baby going to feed better after this? Amazing. That's all. What can I do for home care? Tell me that and the rest I don't need to know anymore. And it's usually the parents who look at me like, uh-huh, okay. I know you can't see my face right now, but there's usually a look of like, I don't care what you're saying. <laughs> you can stop now. These are the parents that I generally just limit the amount that I describe to them or just put things into really basic terms like saying, oh, I can see that your baby's mouth is stronger on one side. Rather than saying that there's nerve dysfunction on the other, right, and it's causing weakness, I show them the things that they can really hold on to, like strength. And then I will say things like, okay, you know, for home care, what we're going to do is I'm going to get you just to help strengthen the other side or stretch out this jaw. And again, I just leave it to being very basic. And then we'll move on to the parents who really shouldn't be told too much. <laughs> and with these folks, we need to be cautious with how much we tell them. They're usually really nervous, and a lot of times they've already had experience with either pregnancy loss or anxiety during pregnancy, or they're currently experiencing postpartum anxiety or depression. If they've had these things, they've been nervous for this entire pregnancy. They have been anxious for a very long time, and now they have this baby that's struggling. I could only imagine what's going on in their nervous system. To be honest, the, they are the ones who could really benefit from this craniosacral session. But again, it's hard to get some parents to believe what we're saying and believe that by helping to regulate their nervous system, their baby will benefit. Anyway, that's a whole other episode in itself. But these parents have been nervous for their pregnancy, their whole pregnancy long. And they have this baby now that's struggling and they just are teetering on the edge. And I don't want to be the one to push them over the edge just because I've shared with them a little bit too much truth about their baby. And usually the way I explain how their baby got to be like this in the first place is usually the way that parents get the most upset. And that's because a lot of times it's either the position of that baby in utero or their you know, time spent in utero that caused some of their symptoms, or it was the birthing process. And so these parents already feel pretty much helpless in that they don't know how to help these babies. And now telling them that their babies got this way, you know, from things that happened in the past that they can't go back and change. Ah, oh, gosh. Well, these folks are already struggling with guilt. And if I share too much information, then I'm just going to pile on more shame and guilt. And that's not the point of this session with them. 
It would just be way too much telling them that they may have actually played a part in the struggles their baby is having. That's just too much for someone to handle. This is their baby and they're worried. Google told them that the symptoms their baby has is clearly, you know, something that's wrong. They Googled it. I'm sure of it. (laughs) And so what I want to say is like, stop it. Just stop. Just stop Googling. Get out of that rabbit hole. Come see me. I will help you out. So what do I say to these people? It's a great question. I do want to share information with them. I think that it's part of my job to share information with them, but I definitely dilute the information. And what I want to share with them is that there's actually something we can do to either reverse what happened or process what happened and create new experiences to not just cover up the experiences that this baby had before, but to change the way they believe the experience happened. There's almost like a changing of the mind for these babies through these craniosacral therapy treatments. And so what I think might be a harmless piece of information might be actually something that is too much for them to hear. So again, I will ask them, like, how much do you want to know? If I share one small thing and they kind of look guilty or they look sad or they start to cry, then I usually keep from sharing too much more information. And I usually apologize. Like, I'm so sorry I shared that with you, right? Because that acknowledging that they are upset and that my words have upset them is something they probably don't hear from healthcare professionals. A lot of healthcare professionals are very, shall we say, desensitized because of these experiences that they've heard. I am generalizing here, so please don't come back at me. But some people in the system, let's say, they don't really realize the impact that their words have on these parents. So I realize that I do have a strong impact on how these people are living after they see me. And so I try to be very intentional with my words. It makes me think of the four agreements. And the one agreement is being impeccable with your word. And I think that's an excellent point. And making sure that you are also intentional with your word is super important as a craniosacral therapist, as a healthcare worker working with families, especially with families with new little babies joining them. They're going through so much already. We are here to support them. We're not here to give them more stress, more anguish, more anxiety. So the parents who have had, let's say, a traumatic birth experience with this baby or a tough time conceiving, usually what I do for them is share as little information as possible or as gently as possible. And then I also give them things that they can take home that can help them to bond with this baby. And that would be things like really calm face massage. I increase or encourage an increase of skin to skin, especially if this parent really wanted to body feed and the baby is refusing. I say, that's okay. What I want you to do is take some time throughout the day just to be skin to skin, take your shirt off, have no bra on, just be skin to skin so this baby can have a pressure-free time with your nipple, just so that they can explore the nipple again without the pressure of feeding right? So you lay back and let this baby just crawl and find and smell and lick or sleep in this position. And for these babies, I usually do a rebirthing experience 
which is another podcast episode that I'll be sharing in the future. And that is a great way for babies to, as I mentioned earlier, to create new memories for their birth experience, especially if it was super traumatic. I want to help them to have a better life. That is my mission. Help optimize not only the life they're having now, but the life going forward. So if I can help them in any way, then I would like to help them with that rebirthing experience so that the memories that they have of that traumatic birth experience can be changed into a calm, peaceful, and a bonding experience. And we do this with a rebirth experience or a full body unwinding. And I can describe that again ad nauseum (laughs) in another podcast episode. Okay, so just going to go over those three types of parents again, the parents who want to know everything and they're super keen to know even like anatomy of things and aren't afraid of more information. The next parent who is indifferent, couldn't give a shit. (laughs) They don't care. They just want their baby to be better. And then the parents who are so nervous that it's important to refrain from telling them too much. Okay, and so it's your job to see and get a sense of what these parents are like. And as I said, I have treated over 500, probably nearly 600 families. And it has taken me a while to really figure out who it is I'm speaking to and how I need to either censor my words or not censor my words. And you'll get there too. Be sure to read their body language. You can ask how much information they want to know and share what you feel is is right. Again, we are here for learning. We are here for supporting. We are not here for shame, blame, or guilt-inducing tactics. So please stay neutral in your sessions as much as possible. We are here to help people heal. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I look forward to sharing the next few, which are all about birth and the effect that birth has on the infant body. All right, until next time. Hey, before you go, my Craniosacral Foundation's virtual only course is open for enrollment. That's right. You can learn craniosacral from your very own home. Whether you're a health professional working in the perinatal world, a manual therapist looking to expand your current practice to include craniosacral, or helping babies and families is your passion, there's something in this course for you. You can significantly change the lives of the people in your community. And when you register, you'll have immediate access to the course materials so you can get learning right away with three three-hour live virtual classes to help guide you through the curriculum and an online community of fellow classmates and alumni, this program is here to support you every step of the way. Registration closes soon, so follow the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class.